0: To the RTI time machine. Today's time traveler is. John Van Trieste. And the destination. Tainan, the 1860s. In a swampy area of the southern city of Tainan, not far from the coast, is a piece of the 19th century. This is the former Tainan headquarters of Tate & Company, a British merchant house that helped jumpstart Taiwan's early tea industry. The headquarters itself is a breezy, white, two-story building with an arched veranda facade. It sits across a river from the wetlands of Taijiang National Park. Inside, there are historical displays about local history and the company's role in it. But for many people, the main attraction here is out back in what would have been the least interesting part of the complex. Empty storage rooms aren't usually a big draw for tourists, but for many years now, the former Tate & Company storeroom has been slowly filling up with something worth seeing, a gigantic tree. In a matter of decades, this single tree has swallowed up doorways, punched through masonry, and filled the space above the long gone roof with its tendrils and branches. Welcome to the Anping Treehouse, a strange building that houses a tree. What's going on here? Here to fill us in today is local historical expert, Li Qingshan. Mr. Li says that during the 19th century, Tainan was a natural place for Western merchants interested in Taiwan to gather. The harbour town had been built as a Dutch base on Taiwan around 200 years earlier, and it had been kept as a capital of Taiwan for those who'd ruled here after the Dutch had been expelled. By the 19th century, much of Taiwan was under imperial Chinese rule. Tainan was one of a growing number of imperial ports forced open to foreign trade by the Treaty of Tianjin. This 1858 treaty ended the Second Opium War. In time, a total of four ports on Taiwan would be reluctantly opened. Tainan wasn't the only option for foreign traders, but Mr. Li says it was the best established. When the port was formally opened in 1864, there was plenty of trade to do there.
1: 比如说, 台湾有的是蟑螂, 茶叶, 读到台湾的重要的...
0: There were several Taiwanese products that could earn a profit overseas especially camphor, deer pelts, and eventually tea. Selling opium into Taiwan was highly profitable,
1: too.
0: Tate & Company was one of five foreign firms that set up shop in Tainan. Tate and two others were British merchant houses and their number was rounded out by one American and one German firm. Tate moved in in 1867, setting up its headquarters with its warehouse out back.
1: Is this? This
0: is Mr. Lee says that what was stored in this unremarkable warehouse isn't known to him, but he suspects tea, which took root in Taiwan by the late 19th century. Some have said that the bricks used in building this warehouse were already quite old, taken from a nearby brick fort built by the Dutch in the 17th century. Mr. Lee believes this may well be true. Fort Zeelandia's bricks would have been valuable in Taiwan. He adds that the bricks bear a close resemblance to those used in the fort. And the warehouse wouldn't have been the only building to use bricks from the fort. He says that during the 1870s, imperial officials faced with gunboat diplomacy and foreign incursion did use the old fort's bricks to build a new fort that still stands today. Beyond the materials used to build it, this warehouse was a pretty uninteresting place. The Western age of trade and gunboat diplomacy in Taiwan came to an end in 1895 when Japan took control over the island. Under the new Japanese colonial order, a government monopoly on the opium trade ate away at Western companies' profits. At the same time, Tainan's port, long the most important in Taiwan, had silted up. All five of the foreign firms here left Taiwan. Tainan, with its wetlands and sunshine, had plenty of salt pans, and the colonial government also set up a monopoly on Taiwan's salt. Whatever had been there before, The former Tate storeroom was now filled with salt from the salt monopoly. Salt continued to be stored here at the end of World War II, when 50 years of Japanese rule ended and the new Republic of China government put in place its own salt monopoly over Taiwan. When the salt monopoly stopped using the site, though, it was left abandoned, and nature began to reclaim it. The great tree at the center of the warehouse today is a banyan tree, something listeners in the tropics and subtropics may know well, but which our friends in colder climates might not have seen before. I asked Mr. Li to introduce us to this tree. He says the banyan tree thrives in moisture, like the warm swampy land near the Tainan coast it grows prodigiously, pushing through, over, or under anything nearby, including brickwork and pavement. Many of the doorways that were easily passable in Victorian times are now blocked off by offshoots of the Great Central Tree, with wooden bars making some rooms appear like jail cells.
1: Mr.
0: Lee says the tree must have begun growing unnoticed around 80 years ago, In the Taiwanese reckoning, it now covers around 1400 ping, an area that works out to over 4,600 square meters or an acre. In other words, the whole warehouse is covered. The warehouse was only rediscovered by a cultural official in the 2000s, who was deeply impressed by the way the tree had overgrown so much. In a way, the tree almost seems to be wearing the building. When the main merchant house next door got recognition as a government historic site, the warehouse too was fixed up, cleaned and reopened. As we've mentioned, the tourists have followed.
1: <laughs> Mr.
0: Lee says it hasn't been easy finding a balance between the tree's natural growth and the warehouse's structural integrity. But so far, it's been done, with the tree and the building left largely in place. Metal reinforcements have been added to shore up the structure of the warehouse. Rotting wooden beams have been replaced, and a raised walkway has been built through the tree's branches, allowing visitors to take in the building from above as well. Since it's reopening, the Anping Treehouse has become a magnet for the arts. Mr. Lee says that musicians, both professionals and students, have been invited here to help create an atmosphere since last year. These performances are still ongoing. There are other events too. At the moment, Mr. Lee says, the Anping Treehouse is also hosting an exhibition of works by a well-known Japanese photographer. There are also regularly scheduled events called Storytime under the Banyan Tree, a favorite with local children. This month, he says, the stories will center on Mother's Day, which is coming soon. It's a far cry from tea, salt, or especially opium, but the Amping treehouse has come back in a new form. Much of it has fallen into decay, but it's actually because of this that the site has become so well-loved in Tainan. Once a practical building for merchants, it's now an intriguing example of how Taiwan likes to reuse its old buildings. It also reminds us that with enough decades and centuries, nature always finds a way to overcome the things we've left behind. But it shows that with some creativity, that clash between nature and history can have some unexpected, even fun, results. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another Journey Through Time. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw.